This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the newest edition in the Compliance Podcast Network, my latest podcast, Compliance and Coronavirus. As the voice of compliance, I wanted to start a podcast which will help bring both clarity and sanity to the field of compliance, the compliance practitioner, and indeed the compliance profession during this worldwide health and healthcare crisis. Taking up a variety of topics as diverse as working from home to sporting events, to the role of the board of directors, to crisis management, to the role of supply chains. We will look at all of these in this podcast. If you have a topic you'd like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd be happy to do a podcast on it. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to part two of our AMI week on compliance and coronavirus. Today, I visit with Don Stern, Managing Director at Affiliated Monitors. We take a look at how regulators are working and enforcing laws during this time of coronavirus. A fascinating episode. I know you'll enjoy it. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today, I have with me Don Stern. Don's a Managing Director of Corporate Monitoring and Consulting Services at Affiliated Monitors. Don, first of all, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Well, thank you, Tom. Glad to be here. Don, you have the uh, rare honor and privilege of being the only former U.S. attorney that I personally know. So uh, (laughs) I really wanted to visit with you about drawing upon uh, that experience and how the government is working now, particularly uh, Department of Justice lawyers, both AUSAs and and perhaps others. So uh, with with that somewhat long-winded introduction, how are... uh, U.S. attorneys, AUSAs working now in a wide variety of white-collar cases? Well, I think it's challenging for the U.S. attorneys uh, and the Department of Justice in general, as it is for all of us, to both uh, continue to respond to the pandemic, but also to uh, keep uh, focusing on the priorities that are important for the justice system. So the, the U.S. attorneys are trying to respond. They're, they're trying to uh, observe the public health and safety of their employees uh, using uh, uh, telephone um, and, and video conferencing, uh, rotating schedules and things, things like that. And um, I think it's working with as best as, as you can expect. Uh, clearly, they're trying to both focus on existing priorities, but also now expanded to take account of the specific challenges presented by the by covid in terms of new frauds and new and new problems that the department of justice and the us attorney community have to respond to so i think it's going okay but like all of us it's very challenging don you mentioned some of these new initiatives obviously uh, or perhaps not obviously but uh, the department of justice has created a task force around uh, this point in time. I think they're looking at fraud around uh, PPE uh, purchases, certainly fraud in relationship to the government um, uh, PPP program. And I think they're, they're trying to be very aggressive to protect the public. Would, would that be a fair assessment? I, I think it is. I think there's, there's both fraud that's uh, kind of baked into any environment when you have billions, if not trillions, of government money going out the door. So there's a focus on that, too, as you point out, Tom, with the task force that's being set up around the country. There's also some specific fraudsters out there who are using this opportunity, as is the case, uh, inevitably, to uh, prey on 
in some cases, elderly, uh, fraud dealing with uh, testing, uh, fraud dealing with uh, efforts to share personal or health care information. So we're going to see more of that, you know, why somebody or how somebody would take advantage of this pandemic to, you know, steal money from, you know, an elderly person who's sitting at home and trying to steal their money is kind of beyond the normal imagination for for many of us it's happening. Um, so uh, the, we're going to see increasing number of indictments. And then, of course, there is the antitrust, if you will, consumer pers- perspective, which the department and many state attorney generals are bringing to bear, which has to do with, um, you know, price gouging, uh, hoarding by uh, merchants and, and, and uh, distributors, uh, price fixing and allocating market share. So I think there's a a certain degree of attentiveness by the department and U.S. attorneys throughout the country. And and again, I predict we're going to see an increasing number of indictments in this arena. Don, one of the things that I think is important, uh, or at least I, I guess I wanted to ask your opinion on this importance, is I see the Department of Justice uh, FCPA corporate enforcement policy encouraging self-disclosures as even more important now so that companies can go to the government um, uh, if a violation has occurred, but if they've met the four steps that are needed, uh, they have the presumption of a declination. And I, But I see self-disclosure as even more important to enforcement now. Would you also believe that to be a fair assessment? I, I- I think it is. I think, you know, the government is going to be constrained to some extent with having agents in the field and the like. So there's there's going to be a little bit of a slowdown in enforcement. And it does put an added burden on companies to do their own reviews and to have their compliance uh, folks be um, focusing, if you will, laser-like. I mean, we all know that in, in a financial crisis, people will cut corners. A lot of people will cut corners, and that's a risk. That's a real corporate risk for any company, particularly in the FCP area. So, you know, I would urge uh, corporate compliance programs to, if you will, redouble their internal efforts to focus on the possibility of FCPA. And, and as you know, Tom, the government will not be unmindful of the fact that this is taking place in the middle of a pandemic, but only up to a point. So unless a company can show that they continue to be focused on this and not cut back on their compliance effort, but if anything, to redouble their efforts, uh, the government is not going to be too sympathetic with, sorry, we couldn't catch it or sorry, we couldn't do anything because we're in the middle of of, of a COVID pandemic. Uh, the government will be aware of that, but but you know only up to a point. One of the the clear messages that the government has communicated in the few webinars or other virtual events that they have been in around FCPA compliance is exactly what you said, Don. Don't take your foot off the gas. We will listen to an argument if you have to make it. But if you uh, allow yourself to develop a culture of control override or do not sufficiently uh, fund with both headcount and resource your compliance program, that's not going to be looked favorably. Uh, would, would you also think that that's the way the government will handle it down the road? 
Yeah, I, I think I think the government will listen to. You know, we couldn't do it the way we usually do it, but uh, I think that's that's a fair point to make by, by a company. But the question is, you know, how have you adapted? So let me give you an example that's outside of the FCPA area. Uh, you know, pharmaceutical companies will often have a, a, a compliance effort to uh, take a look at salespeople who are doing door to you know who are doing in person. Um, efforts with physicians and with, and with uh, hospitals to, to sell drugs and to sell pharmaceutical products. Uh, those, those drive-along in-person efforts are not going to take place now. But the question is, how have you adapted? Have you increased your review, for example, of email traffic? Uh, what about uh, phone conversations? Uh, what about uh, follow-up interviews with, uh, with pharmaceutical sales representatives to make sure that they're both doing their training and obeying the rules. So the question is not, have you done it exactly the way you've done it before, but how have you adapted with the same focus on compliance in this new environment? Don, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but um, this has been a fascinating review of really the government perspective that we haven't touched on before. I hope that perhaps uh, as we move into Q3 and Q4, uh, I might be able to call upon you again to uh, get some insights as to where we might be in that time frame. Absolutely. I always enjoy it, Tom. Thank you, Don. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. This is the only B2B podcast which brings clear and sane information for both the compliance professional and the business executive. If I could ask you uh, to do one thing, if you could tell one person about this podcast, I'm trying to get the word out uh, about this most unique podcast in the compliance podcast network so if you could tell one person about it send them a copy send them a link do something uh, to help me publicize this podcast i would greatly appreciate it compliance and coronavirus is a production of the compliance podcast network and it appears tuesday wednesday and thursday of each week thanks again for listening and i hope you'll join me again for another episode This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.